Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to Marcus Meets, a show made for you. So what you think of it is really important to us. We'll take your feedback however you'd like to deliver it to us. The easiest way is by leaving us a rating and review. You can click a link in the description of this episode that we've put there for you. Or if you know your way around iTunes, you can make your own way there. Today's show, DJ Yoda. A pretty freaking awesome DJ and producer, in short. We talk about so much, including the music that does and doesn't interest him. What his rider is like which is unique to say the least things that he's scared of um the uk's version of la uh, and what to expect from a live show he also dropped some great knowledge on you with regards to just being a creative person and, and how your passion can really get you to to amazing places and how you can do what you love as a job but the footy was on at the time and we found out we had something in common. It's rare to find like two blokes who can have an hour-long chat whilst the England game is going on. I oh, know. <laughs> you should be proud, man. You should be proud of how little you care about sports. I certainly am. I just, You know what? It's just like, I'm so, I have a lot of interests and I'm very passionate about a lot of things mm-hmm. and I can't be like that about everything. There's got to be somewhere where there's like a big gap in my knowledge. Yeah. And for me, the two big gaps are sports and house music Fair enough. sports and house sports music. and house music those are the two things that I has it always been sports and house music yeah it, yeah it actually has thinking about it yeah i just you know what like as far as djing goes and music tastes like if people ask me what i play or what i like i can always describe it by i like I'm interested in everything except for stuff that goes doof, 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 doof. and that because that just i just get bored of that like that's yeah. you know once that starts I can appreciate it maybe for about 20 seconds. Then I'm like, ah, it's just too repetitive, man. Yeah. And, and what's the sort of stuff they play in after clubs? That just, it feels like it's music to keep people going. Alarm clock music is what I yeah. call it. Or I guess a lot of that stuff can be very drug related mm. or, you know, a lot of music's drug related, but that kind of thing is relates to a certain kind of drug that I'm not interested in. Maybe that's yeah. part of it. I don't I think that. that's all of it, but I, yeah, I just haven't got the attention span for that kind of music. Mm. It doesn't, I've got a really short attention span. I kind of like, I like something that I'm the kind of person who, if I have the remote control, I'm flicking channels constantly. Really? I can't oh, really you, settle on stuff. You're that person that you don't want to give the remote to. Yeah. Because, because I'll just be, I'll never settle. I'll always be like, there must be something better on the other channel. Yeah. And the whole format of that kind of house techno thing is people pl- like play six hour DJ sets and they might play like 10 minutes of one song or whatever. I'm like, this is, I just too, I get bored too quickly. Yeah. I like that hip hop style of like, or you might get 10 seconds of one song. <laughs> like, 
And we're definitely going to get into that today. Yeah. That's definitely your style, bro. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but um, we might hear some rumbles of football scorings going on if we talk for long enough. Yeah. Or, or just like straight hooliganism. Yeah. Gonna as long behaving. as they don't come too near, I don't mind the sound of it. But yeah. actually, funnily enough, that is one of the things I hate most about football is the sound of it. I what, just, the sound on the TV? Yeah, the sound of that, that like crowd. <sighs> you know, that thing that just doesn't stop. I'm like, yeah. the sound of it just puts me off, man. Like... Actually, you know what? If they soundtracked it better, I might be more interested. So what if they put like a little, like a, had a theme tune playing underneath the football it just all the time? Beats. It just it's lacking beats. Do you know what sport has got good beats? What? Wrestling. Yeah. The <laughs> intro music in yeah, wrestling. Man, yeah. I used to like wrestling as a kid and yeah. the in, all the intro music, like you're right, man, like the Hulk Hogan music, the Ultimate Warrior music. Like, yeah. See, if they had more music in sports, I'd be more into it. Definitely. Definitely. Well, who's your favorite wrestler, by the way? <laughs> Oh man, it's been so long since I've even thought about that. All right, who's who had the the best wrestling theme tune? The then? Undertaker. Hey. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Scary. That, that was some atmospheric stuff, man. Undertaker coming into the ring. Come yeah. on. Yeah. To be honest, my my it like cause I grew up with a younger brother. My younger brother was like the wrestling dude. He had all okay. the wrestling action figures, the posters, the music, and everything. And I was like the DJ one with the turntables in my bedroom. Yeah. So he's got little kind of like weird tasting hip-hop just through the stuff that i was playing and i've got weird random wrestling stuff through him all right yeah i was never massively into it but it was around at least what sort of weird stuff i'm, I'm curious no now. man i just we must have gone to one of those wrestlemania things that, at wembley or something like that and seen british bulldog or <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah wow you took it back yeah i know oh, man. Cool. this is like when i was very young cool yeah. all right well obviously we're going to get into the music today yoda um it's inevitable, isn't it, really, yeah, to sit down and have a chat with you and, and not talk about music. Yeah. But shout out to the snacks that you have brought. My um, snack game is always strong. I pride myself on that, man. Like, it's actually like, yeah, I, I'm very food and music uh, yeah. motivated. I mean, talk us through this this harvest mix that is in the <laughs> studio with us today. You know what? I just, uh, I, today I'm balancing out the healthy with the unhealthy. So I had Monster Munch and I was like, I've got to balance that out with some peanuts and raisin mix. Okay, so it's yeah. about it's about the the, the fibrous it's intake. It's just a balance, man. Like yeah. to be honest with you, like my my meals are generally pretty healthy. Like yeah. I'll have like I'll eat healthy meals, but the crap that I eat in between the meals, that's what balances it out. All right, it's fair just enough. about a balance, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I find that the more good stuff I put around me, the less likely I am to go to to get something else. Yeah, which is that's a true, bad man. Snack. If you sit around and work all day with peanuts and raisins in front of you, you're less likely to then go and like get a burger for lunch yeah because the peanuts and raisins are closer you have yeah to man exactly put in effort it's to about get a sorting it out so it's there in front of you exactly exactly um and you know what we love to do our research here on this podcast but can i just say you've got an amazing fact sheet i don't know how much input you've put into this yeah <laughs> with regards to fun facts about dj yoda while yeah, i was yeah. reading this this is amazing and i and i thought this was a some of it was a joke but you actually do and i thought you're playing around when you tweet stuff about this but you actually do collect cereal yeah just that's one of my interests is cereal because <laughs> you, you were like that? wrestling's weird but i was thinking <laughs> bro, you've got in here there's cereal on, on on shelves i try and explain it or justify it i don't know if it will like i'll manage or not but when i was growing up i had most of my family's in america like yeah. i've got more family in america than i do in in the uk so we used to visit them in florida in new york um and I just remember, like, like one of my some of my earliest memories of going to America and there being like cinnamon toast crunch and all these cereals with like colourful marshmallows in and stuff. And that to me, like hip hop, 
and American breakfast cereal were like the things that like they were like amazing to me when I was growing up. Stable so, diet. Of so that's maybe where it it, it came from. And then mm. I just love food. And I love breakfast and cereal's a good treat. And and I really love the aesthetic of it all. Like they're, they're like the boxes and the artwork and just the way it's presented. It just appeals to me. Like I can't explain it better than that. I'm really curious. How did this? How did this start? Like, when did you think I'm not just going to consume cereal? Because <laughs> I like cereal. Oh, I thought I like cereal. I'm like, yeah, I like it. I'll eat it. Get rid of it. But when did you start collecting? How do you collect cereal as well? <laughs> well, you can't collect the actual cereal itself because okay. it goes off. All right, right. I was worried <laughs> you were going to waste all this great cereal. Yeah, no, I've, I've always got to eat what's inside. But some right. of the boxes, sometimes they're just so good. I'm like, I can't throw that box away. That's like a work of art. I, I've yeah, got to keep it, man. <laughs> Yeah, so there's not many. Like, I don't... I'm actually, like, trying to get over the hoarding side of my nature. Like, I think that every DJ... I think it's a very male trait, but it's definitely a very DJ trait to want to hoard stuff, to collect records, to collect DVDs, to collect sneakers, whatever it is. Mm. Um, And I'm trying to... I battle against that in myself because I don't think it's a good trait to have and I would like to be able to just shed all this material stuff and not ever think about it again. But that said every now and then cereal comes out and I'm like, ah, it looks so good. I just want to, even if it's just have it up in the studio, so I'm looking at it and feeling inspired. Yeah? Yes. What was your most recent cereal box purchase? Ooh. Um, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got cereal on my rider when I DJ. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, man. What, what's on that? It just says like rare breakfast cereal. And then that way it's left for the promoter to interpret. Oh, so wow. sometimes you get a lazy promoter or just, hit you up with some Cocoa Pops or whatever. That's not rare. And, then, and that's not rare. No. Uh, and so I'm always stocked up from gigs because I'm playing every week. Like the last gig I did was in Manchester and I got Lucky Charms Aye. and this stuff called Craze. Craze? What yeah. It was, that's, that's pretty rare. So they, they, they what were Craze? It's uh, Morning Harvest, which is like a kind of ghetto Kellogg's. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they're like chocolate pillow things. They're pretty wicked, actually. I had them last night. That shit's cray. Yeah, that yeah, shit's cray. That <laughs> oh, that's it. So, like, that's your. You know what? You, I'm gonna go, go totally off ski. I've just realised as a DJ, you can actually. There's a trick in it. You can never shop again. It's your genius. rider can just be a shopping list. I mean, if you pay out every week. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, how much can you make your DJ rider your groceries for the week? Yes, that's a thing amongst DJs. Like, can I say like I need kitchen roll? Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and washing up liquid. Dozen eggs. <laughs> dozen eggs. I would love dozen eggs. Wouldn't you just love that? You turn up to your set, leave, and you've got to ask for the bags as well because there's a whole 5P thing here in the UK. You'll be like, with bags. Exactly, man. Oh, well, it. you know what? Like uh, most DJs, not most DJs, but a lot of DJs, they want their alcohol. They want, you know, yeah. they want their booze. And I drink, but I'm not a big drinker and I definitely don't need to be like drunk to DJ. I'm mm. quite happy to DJ sober. I'm probably better at DJing sober. So don't give me a bottle of vodka because if I drink that, I'm actually going to be worse at my job that you're bringing me here for. That's the <laughs> like, the, that's why I think riders are so illogical. And apart from anything, okay, if you really want to like the, to the truth of it, it's like any money that you're putting into that rider, I'd rather just you pay me that money. Yeah, I don't yeah. want like a bottle of vodka. Like if I want a bottle of vodka, pay me my money and then mm. if I want vodka I can go and buy it out of the money yeah go to the bar yeah. and give you some money back exactly to so I don't I think, think riders make very much sense I think they're a bit stupid so me adding cereal to mine is kind of my just 
I think that was uh, Yoda's slyly saying that he would just like a bag of brown ca- a brown bag of cash. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my way of saying, my just, rider. just give me money. Yeah, give me money. Yeah, that's it. And cereal. <laughs> so that was the latest box of cereal you got. What's your first... I'm, I'm really curious about it. You're the first ever cereal collector that I've ever spoken to. <laughs> what was the first ever box of cereal you were like, I'm going to keep you. You're not going in the bin. Um, well, you got so it here. I got... I'm just having a look at my ones in the studio here because I've, I've got some at home as well. I might have kept that... You see that Lucky Charms the old school Lucky Charms one. Yes, very like, old school. Yeah, they did like, like a throwback Lucky Charms mm-hmm. retro kind of box. And I thought that was worth keeping and that was quite a long time ago. Yeah, and are those some special edition Fruit, fruit, fruit Loops, were they? were they? Yeah, they're like special DJ ones, the, the, the Fruit Loop ones. You see it says DJ Loops. DJ Loops. Yeah. yeah, and the ones beneath that are Booberry. That's just like one of my favourite cereals and they're pretty hard to get hold of because they only bring them out around Halloween. Okay. Yeah, so you've got to kind of catch them from America around Halloween. What are blueberries? They're kind of just purple, like blueberry-flavoured things. They're good, man. Mm. With cereal, if I'm real with you, I, I like the milk. I like what the cereal does to the milk. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. sign of a good cereal. Well, my, my favourite cereal of all time is uh, the 80s Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The 80s? They, yeah, because they changed it up. They changed Cinnamon Toast Crunch up to Cinnamon Graham's in right. the 90s. Right. And then they changed the recipe. It wasn't as good. But the throwback, the eighties cinnamon toast crunch, that the milk from that, game over. And can you? Is this possible? Can, is this out there? No, can no, you get, it's is, not. Is, it's it, gone. This is just gone, a memory. Man. Yeah, that, oh, you look a little bit sad, right? I'm, I'm wistful thinking <laughs> yeah, about yeah. it. You know what? It, and it's so funny. What I was just thinking when I was saying that is so similar with trainers. Like the, the same things happen with shoes. Like good mm. shoes disappear, and yeah, yeah, music's different because you can always go back and like hear hear old music. But yeah, serial yeah. trainers. Sometimes those things are like. Right, they disappear and they're gone forever. So yeah, you know, eighties. If anyone has a box of those eighties things and as a time machine, let us know. They'd be seriously off. (laughs) Yeah, they'd they'd be wrong. Just look at them. Um, Also, on this amazing set of fun facts about you, did you know that this is put together? Is it? Are you behind? Yeah, I I think I know the thing you're talking about. It's got like a list of like yeah, all things that I like and yeah, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, you fear moths. (laughs) I fear moths. (laughs) I have few fears. Um, I actually know really specifically what that stems from as well is I was at a summer camp when I was about maybe 10, 11 years old and I was shown into the room where I was staying and there were curtains and for some reason I gave the curtains a shake and like loads of these moths just flew at me. I really remember it really like vividly and since then I just, I don't like moths. I find them like unpredictable. See, if that was Bats, you would have become Batman. <laughs> yeah, a Mothman because it was not Moth. as good, man. No, yeah. Mothman wouldn't be like, as no, good. I was like, no, I'll just give the Mothman yeah. thing a, a miss. And you're, de- you're seriously, like, if a Moth's in the room, like how, because people say they're scared of stuff. If there's a Moth, for example, you know, we're sitting about a foot away from each other, foot and a half. Yeah. If there was a Moth, like, on my knee, would that be I an issue would for you? I would be starting to feel a little bit like I've got to move away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, wow. I'd, closer than that would be bad. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. you'd just be like... I'd have to stop. To, I'd have to leave the room, just, or I'd have to. And you know what? Sometimes I've done gigs. Like the worst is sometimes you. It tends to be like hot, hotter places like Europe or Asia or something. If I'm doing a festival show, mm. if you're on a stage outside and it's hot and night and the lights are on you, yeah, it attracts all the insects. So I've done shows. I did one show in particular. I think I, I kind of want to say it was Croatia, but I can't remember what it was. Hungary or Croatia or something somewhere like that and there was just uh, like swarm of stuff <laughs> I don't know what they were but they were a lot of them and they were landing on my records on my mixer on my laptop uh, 
on my hands and stuff whilst I was trying to scratch. I was like, I'm being so brave right now. People don't even know how brave I'm being. They're out there dancing. I'm like, I gotta carry on DJ. And you stuck with it? <laughs> stuck with it, man. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. I was doing some weird moves, like shaking insects. People were like, yeah, wow, look what a DJ. I've never seen a DJ dance like that before. And you're just, Ugh. Exactly. All right. Well, um, I don't know if you'll be very happy hearing this. I was, uh, I don't read the news that much or, mm. or watch the news a lot or as much as I should. But um, the Diamondback Moth, this came on the news a couple of days ago. There's a moth called the Diamondback Moth. And uh, it might be infesting crops this year and eat all the cabbage, broccoli and spinach. Bastards. In the UK. And they're saying there's like, usually there was like a farmer going, oh, I was on my farm and, and um, you know, usually I've got a couple of moths here in my moth catcher and he's got like 50. Oh, and they're worried that diamondback moths are going to be taking well, over farms you, man, in the they're UK. Nasty, they're nasty pieces of work moths. Yeah. Like, see, we, like, they eat all the good stuff that we need. Mm. Spinach and stuff. So, oh, you didn't mention broccoli though. Uh, well, I like, spinach, like, spinach, I like all, that, all those stuff. You eat yeah. nasty moths taking that away from us but butterflies are cool yeah fine flies whatever daddy long legs don't really like daddy long legs actually they're a bit don't really actually funnily enough like i'm easier getting rid of a spider in the house than a daddy long legs but daddy Daddy long long legs legs are a bit too kind of fluttery and like they've got the flying thing they just look like they don't know what they're doing and yeah, they're they're a bit all over the place yeah and uncertain that's what i don't like that's what i don't like is the like randomness of it yeah. Like at least the spider is going to like go off in one direction. Just feel, yeah, you're right. It's like a confidence thing. I don't yeah. like the randomness of those. I like to be sure what you're doing. Like that's why ants aren't scary because ants are like exactly they go in a row. Yeah, they're like all right, cool. Yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, while you pour hot water in them. But you've got an ambition of beekeeping. So you don't like moths, but you want to keep bees. Yeah, this is a random kill themselves hurting you. Yeah, yeah. No, bees are cool, man. Wasps are evil. Bees are cool. Why is that? I'm, I might be with you on this, but why? Yeah, wasps why, why are that? aggressive. Wasps, mm. just, they, they want to fuck you up. Yeah. They want to sting you, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're nasty. But bees are cool. Bees just, bees make honey. Come on, man. Honey's yeah. amazing. Oh, I love honey. And Honey cereal. Just, honey cereal. Okay. The whole thing comes together. You know, right. bees are friendly. Bees don't want to. And also bees, like, wasps are the ones that when they sting you, they die, right? Uh bees or bees, or bees sting you they die so they don't and wasps want can keep you. wasp can just keep hitting you right they're so wasps like, can just yeah. keep on getting you yeah bees are like you know they're not going to yeah. do it man unless they're like kamikaze suicidal style exactly yeah. so if a wasp has had a bad day yeah they're just they can just hit you and yeah. just be like uh, take yeah, that exactly but uh, a bee they have to think about bees it are cool cool all right so yeah. and you'd actually would you if you had the opportunity keep some bees i'd love to do that man like i've got like rural ambitions Go on, elaborate, please. Well, no, I just just generally. I yeah? don't mean specifically, but, but like I would like to be in a place in life when I'm older, when I can do all those things, man. Grow vegetables, keep bees. That sounds yeah. good to me. Like, I, I couldn't do it now. I'm not ready for that now. Yeah. I'm too much of a, like, city addict. There's too much going on in the city for me, but yeah. I just like to think that's where I'll end up. I mean, with the internet and the fact that you can take your kit with you wherever you are really. I suppose yeah, there's no open reason why you couldn't have a, a country house it's not out of the question man yeah. I just, it appeals to me but I also I would need a balance I, I need would need the best of countryside and city yeah yeah, yeah I hear that I hear that uh, also with regards to food you like your eggs poached yes I picked that out of this list of things because I'm with you on poached yeah, eggs yeah poached eggs man like once you go poached you don't go back you can't you can't yeah, you can't go back um, my thing is though I love them but I can't ever make them as good as you get them in a cafe. Can you make a good poached egg? I can make a good poached egg, but you've got to concentrate on it. Actually, it's really simple, like, because people say you've got to use vinegar and, like, all those, like, little plastic poaching things or or cling film. Don't do any of that, man. Just 
the way I do it is you actually use a frying pan, so like a shallow pan. A shallow pan, yeah. But put that full of water, yeah. so it's just a shallow bit of water, yeah. and then just carefully drop it in. That's all you've got to do. So you just crack the egg. Crack the and egg, just, just drop it, it in pretty in. low to the water. And do you have to get the water like boiling and then take it off the boil first? Yeah, or it doesn't really matter. You just, can just cook it slow. That's actually the best way if you can do it slow, you've got time. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it, man. That's the best way that I found anyway. Thank you very much. Because I, I can't poach and I can, I can try, but they always go all funny. You just got to be careful. I don't like the it. vinegar taste if you put vinegar yeah, in. Yeah, I don't really eat the vinegar taste. I'm swelling it around. Nah, nah, nah it doesn't nah, work for none me. None of that. Um, and you like to drink old fashioned beer, apparently, as well. What is old fashioned beer? Okay. It says, what what drinks do I like? Yeah. Old fashions, comma, ah, beer. beer. Two That's different where things. my open dyslexia can come into play and I can <laughs> yeah. lean on that. So you like old fashioned? I like, Whis- old fashioned is my favourite cocktail, right, which is, cool. yeah, yeah. Uh, whiskey. And uh, bitters, yeah. sugar, orange peel. Wicked. It's good. And Mrs. Lights those. Yeah, I like whiskey, man. Yeah. I'm not a massive drinker, but I like like a drink, like a good quality drink as opposed to like loads of low quality juice. So yeah, instead so of loads of shit, you like yeah. to have, sit there with a nice glass, I suppose. Exactly. Good right. ice. It's got to be in a good, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good yeah. ice, good glass. Um, and same with beer. Like I like kind of craft beer, mm-hmm. hipster beer basically. Yeah. And I can't drink like... Can't drink Heineken. regular mannequins, yeah. yeah. Nah, I can't even touch it, man. No. I'm no advertising going into this. I'm a fan of a Peroni at the moment. That's my best over the counter yeah. beer at the moment. Peroni Schmaroni. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I, you're in deep. Yeah. You're I in deep. I wouldn't eat. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, You'd say no. It's all right. It's all right. It's better than Heineken. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really a Heineken fan. I like the smell of Heineken when it opens because oh, it smells, no, it smells like something else. Nah. Carlsberg. All that stuff. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, shout out to my dyslexia there. Old fashions and beer. And uh, you name a few cities that you like uh, all, all over the world. Uh, but in the UK, Bristol came up. Um, yeah, man. I just, I've always had a really good connection with Bristol. Like from early days of making mixtapes. And I would like sell mixtapes in London records shops. And then I would start like shipping them out to other cities. And it, it was always Bristol first. Bristol then Manchester. Um, so right from the very start, the first gigs that I did and went to outside London were always Bristol. And I just, I feel at home there for some reason. Whenever I'm there, I've got a lot of mates there and it just, if it just, it's a good vibe there, man. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It's like our West Coast. Okay. That's the way I always think of it. Okay. Like, actually, generally, you look at like countries, the West Coast always tends to be chilled, laid back, mm-hmm. bass mm-hmm. in the music, mm-hmm. beaches. Mm. that's like a west coast thing everywhere yeah yeah you're right okay so bristol's like the la of the uk like our la yeah our la shout out to bristol yeah yeah <laughs> if i was from bristol and i heard that i'd be like yeah fuck yeah <laughs> um so you're a great dj now that's like that's something that's you know we don't need to there's, there's no debate in that yeah you know what you're doing when it comes to the decks but um as a master you must be a student at some point uh, and you mentioned your early days as well. How important is it for a DJ, though, to have shit gigs on the way up? Because Essential. Yeah? Essential. You, you you need that, man. Like, that's part of the skill. Like, I couldn't even count how many times I've played in a club to an empty room. Mm. You have to do that, man. Mm. That's part of that. It, it's character building, apart from anything. Yeah. And it, you just got to learn, like, as a DJ, you don't start DJing, go to a club when it's at its fullest or go to a festival when you've got a peak spot you're like headlining it doesn't work like that you start at the bottom you work your way up and then you understand 
how to DJ at all these different points mm. of an event because the energy is different, man. People, when an event, when a club opens, open doors, there's no one in there. People come in two by two, whatever it fills out. There's 20 people in there. There's 50, there's a hundred. You need to like be able to DJ for, to fit the energy of a room. And I, and what all that stuff taught me, and it wasn't just empty clubs I played to. I played to busy clubs. I played to clubs that were half full. I played to weird crowds that were not my normal crowd. The more like different kinds of DJing you can do, the better understanding you get of just turning up somewhere and getting the vibe straight away. And that's, I never like plan my DJ sets. I always, I, I mean, that's the amazing thing about technology now is that I can turn up with a laptop. I've got every music there straight away. So I don't think about what I'm going to play. I turn up and I look at the crowd and I try and get a feel for the energy of the room, the vibe of the room, what kind of way I think it needs to go musically. And then I try and fit it to that. Mm. And I think that's a really important thing when you DJ. I don't understand turning up and just, this is my set. This is what I'm going to play yeah. regardless of what it's like when I get there. Yeah. Like you've got to kind of tailor that for when you get there. That like, yeah, I always find it's, a, it's very refreshing when you go and see someone DJ uh, and they don't play their tunes for a bit. They play other tunes. I'm like, you actually are like, wow, this DJ you just is, is going in with yeah. a direction of music they obviously like as well. And they're working with a crowd. Like I think I've seen, I won't name his name, but I've seen a DJ who was a, a very known as, a e, like very well known as EDM, come and do a straight hip hop set for half an hour yeah. like, when they're in Brixton. Yeah. It's like, all right you did the right thing at the right time mate. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. If, it, if it fits the vibe I'm always interested in what what's going on before I start yeah. like who's DJing before me yeah. what are they playing sometimes you want to like make it a fluid night and like you, sometimes I'll just mix out of what the person's playing before me and like keep on going in that direction mm. and then slowly get towards what I want to get to other times I'm like I can see what this guy's doing it's not working I need to like bring that to a stop start afresh with something completely different um and all that kind of like years of playing in random places that's what that teaches you um and i think that's why i say it's essential to play to an empty room like it's essential to play at a wedding it's essential to play at a bar mitzvah it's essential to play a a club that plays nothing like the kind of music that you love yeah i did a tour a couple of years ago um as part of a heavy metal festival and they had me on the main stage in between the act mm. so i was like brilliant like this is a challenge wicked how yeah. can i make this work and it was a education i learned fast i don't really know too much about heavy metal music i know like a few odd songs but i couldn't do like a heavy metal set but what i could do is match that energy with different kinds of music might be playing grime might be playing drum and bass but the energy's got to be right for it to fit with that crowd and mm. that's like an education Mm. Like you can like put me in a hip hop club I know what I'm going to do straight away it's it's easy but put me in a situation like that I enjoy the challenge of it yeah it's great man and that's like that's why when people try and ask me to describe what your sets are like I've seen a couple sets over the years and every it's always been different like you said so it's how would you best describe a DJ Yoda set without <laughs> saying <laughs> I'm going to play whatever you like really how would you describe I just, it I would say to people just expect the unexpected like it it can be anything man yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, and also what I said to you before like I'm pretty much going to play every kind of music yeah. except for probably I might even play house like I might even play uh, some bits like that but you're just not going to hear a lot of stuff like that mm. um, yeah 
expect the unexpected. I just want to keep it interesting and fun. Yeah. Those are like the two main things for me, interesting and fun. Definitely. Yeah. And um, that's what your mixtapes were like as well. Like obviously Cut and Paste Volume 1 was like one of the biggest tapes that really put you out there at the start. And um, one thing I get when listening to it, and I encourage you to listen to it as well, um, whatever music you're into, because it's not like a straight hip hop like mixtape. It's, it's just... It feels like you're having fun. And is that genuinely how you yeah. live your life? Doing just, what you do. You literally just have fun whatever you're doing. That's the like the number one rule. Like make it fun. Like yeah. make it fun and interesting for myself first. Yeah. If it's not that for me, then no one else is going to get that. Mm. So yeah, you're right. Like a lot of stuff that I do when I DJ, whether it's on mixtapes or in clubs, is to make me laugh. Sometimes I do stuff just because I find it funny. I'm like, I could do with a laugh. Like, yeah. Uh, what's the... um the tune that i played the other night uh vanessa carlton um what's it even called um (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i don't know why that's funny but it's funny i i I can't even explain why that's funny that's terry cruz isn't it that's i think of terry now when i hear that i just think terry cruz it just makes me think of white girls yeah yeah (laughs) whether a lot of white girls in there and did they enjoy it yeah well there you go just because it's I don't yeah. know. Oh, it's the randomness of it. Like, yeah. But th- there are moments like that, like, and the same with that How to Cut and Paste Volume 1 that you're just talking about. I remember putting things on that, just like, it just made me laugh. And, yeah. like, if it's making me laugh, then hopefully it will make you laugh as well. But that's all I know how to do. I yeah. can't, like, second guess stuff that you are going to like. I can yeah. only do stuff that I think is funny or cool. And then if that comes across, then great. I still giggle my ass off it. I'm going to think about a bit that made me giggle my ass off and mention it to you in a second. But, um, what's the weirdest sound effect you've ever scratched <laughs> i mean i pride myself on that kind of thing so i don't know if there is a weirdest i've like... heard farts i've heard <laughs> slurping i've heard all sorts just i'm interested in sound and weird sounds mm. i've got some stupid stuff like this where we are now in my studio this yeah. is where i collect all that stuff yeah so my itunes especially there is like i don't know how a hundred thousand sounds deep or whatever really so i just i have everything there that i can think of have you got a section with just random craziness in it yeah man I, I, because i have to like obsessively file stuff as yeah. well so everything is categorized i've definitely got like categories of just stuff called weird or silly or yeah. <laughs> whatever i kind of um, feel like you've got an area which is like bodily function noises and <laughs> toilet course, flushes yeah, and stuff burp, like that so. yeah standard <laughs> have you got to be that organized because literally with um was, i presume you're you serato yeah all the time um with uh and serato if you're not a dj we can geek out a little bit for a second it's like dj software where you basically can use records but play tunes off your laptop which means you don't have to break your back carrying ten thousand yeah, tunes into man. the club because you've got so much now, do you you mentioned that you're quite serious about organizing stuff like that? DJing case, yeah. is like I describe it as like fifty percent traveling, forty five percent categorizing, and five percent DJing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's like crazy. Yeah. Like four or five times as much effort goes into categorizing than actually DJing because that's the thing man I need to like especially the way that I just described to you that I DJ if I'm playing somewhere and I I think like oh we need to go off on a reggae tangent immediately Mm. I need to have all that stuff categorized there immediately for me so that I can think like oh this is slow reggae this is recent reggae this is old reggae this is fast reggae you know 
it needs to be all there just in a way that I can understand it and mm. access it immediately. Like you can't be standing there like in front of a crowd of a thousand people thinking, oh, what's that song? That yeah. Plays, uh? <laughs> There's that reggae song that yeah. you know, everyone like. Yeah. I hear yeah. that. Fair enough. So you, preparation, you have, man. But you have fun with it though, yeah? Yeah, man. Because once it's all there and you know you can use it all, then then you're then free to do whatever you want. Okay. And and I feel like you do give a a, a mixtape feel to your sets as well because yeah. you are drawing sound effects from here. And- yeah, man. I just want it to stay interesting. Like the, for me, the worst thing would be to just play a whole song and wait for it to finish and then just play another whole song and wait for that to finish. Because in my head, like why would a guest DJ go somewhere and do that? iTunes can do that. Mm. A CD can do that. Yeah. I could email them a playlist and they could do that. So if I am like being flown from London to Australia or to some crazy place, like justifying myself being there by doing something, like keep busy, like do throw some stuff in the mix to keep it a thing. Yeah. Like that's, that's why I'm there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I find that interesting. And you're um, DJ Yoda by name. Yep. Um, literally kind of like a Yoda in the game right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying because you're old. I'm not saying now. I'm, I'm calling you old. I'm not saying you're green. old. I'm not calling you green and old. And and, and sure. you know you're about to die before the before the um series finishes. But um no um it's like Yoda in Star Wars is a character that you know has a ancient craft. That's the way I think about it now. Funnily enough, like when I started, that was nothing to do with it. But it, that's the thing that happened to my name over time. Is that now here we are in 2016. And I'm requesting I need to use turntables when yeah. I turn up for this gig. And do you know how few P- DJs use turntables now? I feel like a Jedi. I feel like <laughs> one of the last like people. <laughs> it's crazy. And I was like, I was like, yeah, the Yoda's starting to mean something. Like it, it, it never meant before. But yeah, I feel like one of the last people using this ancient craft. Yeah. Um. And I like that. Like I'm not going to change, man. I'm stuck. I'm too stuck in my ways, and it's. It doesn't feel... I've tried DJing with just CDJs and that stuff. It doesn't feel right to me. It's got to be what you like, really, isn't it? It's just that... that is DJing to me is two turntables and a mixer. Like, I can't ever not have that set up. It's a simple, old-school, hip-hop mentality that you take that way. I'm like, it's not really DJing. It's something else. So you are Yoda by name and Yoda by nature now as well. The ancient craft of turntablism. Exactly, man. So you're a turntablist. Is what people call you. What, what as well? Like, what is what is a turntablist? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's I that doesn't sit too easy with me because a turntablist is something. Okay, turntablism. Yeah, was a thing that happened like in the nineties. It became like a. It's almost like a fad. It came and it went. I mm. don't really see turntablism in inverted commas as something that really exists anymore. Yeah. What it a tur- what it meant was a turntablist is someone who makes music using turntables. So you're not playing music, you're making music. That might mean that you are using one turntable to create drums, another turntable to create a melody, another turntable to do scratching. So basically you're like making, using a turntable as an instrument, like a piano or a bass or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but that scene kind of got too techy and it just imploded on itself. It got too technical and it just, there was the fun got stripped out of it. Mm. When you went to go and, watch that kind of thing it was like you couldn't dance it wasn't fun you're just sitting there watching some guy getting as noodly and as technical as he can it's like okay that's not fun so there are elements of that that i incorporate in what i do but i don't know whether you could say that 
it's not turntablism what I do. I'm a, just a DJ, I, uh, like a hip hop DJ. Just a DJ. Just a DJ. DJ can mean a lot of yeah, things. Yeah. Like a hip hop DJ, I guess. And I heard that you weren't too keen on your name at the start, DJ Yoda. No, I still, you know, I, I think most DJ names are pretty stupid, actually. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think, like, I, I, I really struggle to think of a DJ with a good name. You really, like, sit and think about some of these DJ names and they're silly as hell, man. Like, Funk Master Flex. <laughs> just, just think about that. Do you know what? I was, I, I agree with you because I was, say, I keep saying to, to up and coming people when I'm talking about music, they're like, should I be called this? And I'm like, bruv, you can be called anything you want. A name is a the name. quality of what you put out. Tiny Temper. I love Tiny his music. Temper. I love his music. There you go, but man. Like, Rapper names too, man. I'm like, got yeah. Tiny Temper. Tiny Temper. There right. are very few, like, uh, I can think of a couple that I'm like, okay, that's actually a good name. Like for the one that always comes to my head is DJ Shadow. I think DJ Shadow is a cool name. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's better than a lot of them, man. Like, I'm trying to think of DJs now, but like Jazzy Jeff, he doesn't play really. He's not really known for jazz, is he? Isn't you think about like Jazzy Jeff and you think Jazzy Jeff, but when you mm. break it down, think Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, it's like <laughs> describing somebody like, yeah, what's he like? He's a bit jazzy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's not great, but it's 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 very difficult to come up with a good DJ name, and I couldn't. I, I was stuck. Well, yeah, where'd I, it come from? I had like a big Yoda toy by my turntables and then my mate was just like, just, just you know, put, call yourself DJ Yoda for this mixtape. Standard. So I just did and it stuck. So I don't love the name, but I, I've got nothing better. Yeah. For. Yeah. And we're not dissing names out here. A name is just a name. A name's a name. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah a name just, is a name. Yeah. We're yeah. just saying. But I don't know. Then again, DJ Dave. DJ Dave. There I was one guy that supported me at some yeah. gig in, in the South. I was in Portsmouth or... Plymouth or somewhere like that and he was called DJ Super Duper Dave <laughs> that's a name and I was like that's yes, a wicked that's name a, that's yeah. a name what's he like Super Duper he's, there you go he's called Dave and he's Super Duper oh wicked um, and your first pair of decks what were they those ones that are right next to you there what these yeah, Technics 1210s those Technics 1210s these are the first turntables I mean, you let's ever bought. work out how long I've had them over 20 years they're looking pretty good shape they're still, still fully they, functioning I've never once got them like fixed they're still fully functioning that is like one of the rare things in this world where people make something that works and lasts forever so it's fair to say you've it's got like your the money's worth of apple yeah. <laughs> <laughs> getting worse and worse, and worse. Um, yeah, the, so that's good value for money that's good value for money man and uh save up for those with some uh yeah man bought one at a time yeah saved up for them did work worked in a computer game shop just yeah just knew that i needed them man it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, and there they are. That, that that was like from being a like teenager in my bedroom, saving up for those decks, and here we are, like yeah, t- over twenty years later, still using them to make mixtapes. So when you make mixtapes, you still use the yeah, same twelve tens, man. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's legendary. Um, so another thing that you all kind of that people throw around with your name is that you are very responsible for this bootleg cut up style. You know, we're talking about mixtapes, so I feel like this is where we're going with this is like what one for one what is a bootleg cut up style for those that don't know yeah well i mean to me this is something that hip-hop djs were doing before there was a before that kind of thing you're talking about existed Mm. what hip-hop djs always did was mix two things together often that you might not expect to be mixed together a lot of that stuff that you're talking about is a lot of songs you'll get like an acapella version of it so just the vocals and you can then play those vocals over any other kind of music. So you might get like, I'm trying to like think of an old school example, but you might get some like 80s rap song 
acapella and they might put it over like a reggae background or i don't know anything you can you can mix anything with anything um so hip-hop djs always did that then there was a point in the late 90s where people started like making those mixes and releasing them as records by themselves so they were called bootlegs or cut-ups yeah um and then there started this whole thing of like you know mash-up culture and everything and then it it, people started giving it a name but it it was always just what hip-hop djs did anyway Mm. so that was my thinking behind it like yeah i've always done stuff like that but the way that i've thought about it it's like i'm just doing what hip-hop dj does yeah one thing that you do do a lot of though like we just spoke about was the jingles and parodies of ads and stuff when you're being played mm. for and just having fun with it like my fave i've been listening to your stuff on the way like up to come into you one of my favorite ones still to this day well there's two favorite bits i have for me to say one of them's got to be the delta airlines right advert, yeah. yeah when it says like y'all be going on vacation see the thing is if you about to be up off this bitch check it peep delta we be flying all over this bitch let me ask you something you fin to raise up and get your travel on from the interior to the exterior you've got to get your posterior in one of these big ass planes that's kind of part of djing to me as well like digging up really obscure stuff that people are not going to hear otherwise yeah and 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 that sort of stuff's hilarious but then i realized this was like pre-youtube yeah, it was it was pre YouTube actually. Yeah. So how did you source stuff like this? Yes, that's what DJs do, man. They just search out random stuff. Yeah, because now I'm like YouTube would yeah, be where I go you for find a lot of stuff. anything on yeah. online easily. I think I might have got that one online, but it was the early days of the internet, man. It was bef- yeah, like you say, before YouTube, it was just Napster days. It was before Napster. Oh wow, yeah, man. This is oh. I remember like the internet starting i remember like (laughs) people having computers and just like i was like oh what you can get music yeah you can find music on the internet yeah Uh, and it was those kind of days yeah and how do you think like sort of change of the landscape and music has helped you with your sort of quest for making mixtapes it's changed it up man like i'm really like i do a lot of these shows now where i'm working with video as well as just dj so now my new kind of version of digging is youtube just find random stuff videos that I can use as part of my DJ set. Um, Because everything is just really accessible now. You think of something. You know, my friend uh, sent me a track yesterday. He's like, I think think we both slept on this album. It's like, it's from 1997. It was an instrumental album by the 45 King. um, And it was just a bunch of beats that I never heard. He's like, you'd like that one. I was like, yeah, I would. And I just found it and got it in like 20 seconds. Crazy. And back in the day that would be like right write that down start like, n- next saturday i'll head up to soho i'll have a look in the record shop see if i can have a word with someone about it and they'll say like yeah we haven't got it but you might be able to find it here and you know, like mm. we, that could be the start of like a year-long mission to find something wow. so that year becomes 20 seconds so everything's just immediate you just get hold of anything it speeds up what i do it takes some of the fun out of it really yeah that quest is good man it's good to it's satisfying isn't it yeah like it get to the end of a quest and you're like yeah i did it <laughs> yeah i mean i was on the end of the vinyl buying spectrum of djing so i do remember having that decision of do i buy that record yeah or do i take the bus home and, and as a like, hip-hop dj yeah. you have to think about like should i buy doubles of that record yeah because if you want to like beat juggle or like have bring it back to the start you'd have to spend twice as much. Mm. And by, so I'm like, mm, is this a record that I need 
that I need to <laughs> <laughs> like double up on the start of because yeah. it's, it's going to cost me twice as much if I want that. So decisions like that, they're just all gone these days. But I think I'm not like, I, I welcome it. I'm not bitter about it. I, th- I just think it allows us to move on to the next part of the culture. It's like, okay, well, where's, where's the next challenge? Where does it get interesting now? Um, for me, the challenge now is like, because I have everything musically, the challenge is to make my DJ sets work so that they sound fluid, so that it's not just all over the place. Because one of the downsides of being like a multi-genre DJ is that if I want to play one song that's drum and bass, then one song that's grime, then one song that's 1930s country, then one song that's hip-hop, how can I do that without it sounding just like a great big mess? Mm-hmm. So my like what I'm concentrating on now is like make the DJ set fluid smooth that it works so that is my challenge and you've also got the the visual stuff as well they call them av like yeah. you said the av sets yeah, as well so visual shows. how yeah. does that come into play with all of that as well because i feel like with your tapes they were quite visual exactly anyway does that make yeah. sense to you like i used to listen to them and you like used to paint a picture yeah with well that the, was with the, the music. thing because like before all this technology existed i would have little samples from tv shows or movies that i liked or cartoons that i liked so yeah, I did always have that style before you could mix with video. Mm. So when that technology came out, I was like, it, this just makes sense. It's a way for me to DJ that, that works for me. Um, so yeah, that's what I, I do now is about half the sets that I play. <clears throat> there's a big screen and I'm live mixing the video as well as the audio. Sick. And people still don't really fully get it, I don't think. I get people come up to me at the end of shows and like, I loved it. Who, who did the, the visuals? like no no that was me i was doing that whilst i was DJing. i'm doing it um because i think people just don't really have it in their heads that that's the technology is there but it is mm. um and that's like i say like the <clears throat> the dj technology has got improved so much now that to just mix songs together is pretty easy mm. so that's why i like this added like challenge of like yeah you've got to do the video too and add effects yeah. on the video and like think about how the video is transitioning for, as well as the audio have you got a specific video or anything that you're kind of liking at the moment using your sets? Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, this is what I do on a day-to-day basis yeah. find stuff like that. Um, and it's all off YouTube now. Um, what did I find this week? Uh, Barrington Levy um, did a like advert for Supreme Clothing where he's singing broader than Broadway, but he sings it a cappella with a white background. So that's the kind of stuff that's important to me because it means like, okay, now I can mix him doing that on top of any beat that I like and any visuals that I like in the background. So it's, it's things like that that appeal to me. Cool. So you like, you, I look forward to seeing that. Um, so you, you embrace new parts of tech, like you've already embraced the audio visual side. What do you think is going to be the next thing that you're looking forward to embracing? Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The, the setup that I have now, I'm, I don't want it to change for a while. I'm yeah. really happy with that. I feel like the mixer that I use, the technology that I use, it's kind of almost it's pretty much reached its peak for me it's doing everything that i could possibly want um so there's nothing small but the next big thing and i think we're quite a way off is probably 3d in clubs wow but that i I think we're years off that for it to work properly because i don't it needs to be not 3d with people wearing glasses it needs to be like 3d coming out of the screen hologram holographic so holographic DJing. So sort of like the two the two pack thing that they had at Coachella, yeah, that kind of for like a that. whole set, yeah, but, um, exactly. loads of that, yeah, loads of that being mixed and scratched. You know what? If you say it, it can happen, it will happen. Uh, yeah, trust me, man, it will happen. It's just a matter of how soon. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something like pyrotechnics first or something like that because nah. I reckon if there's a button there, you could, you know, throw some fire already exists, off. man. Yeah, and you want to get that new what, shit? Isn't that David Guetta? Isn't that what he does? <laughs> Bruv, let's not talk about <laughs> talk about DJing, bruv. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about DJing. You've worked with a load of interesting people that you wouldn't necessarily expect a DJ to work with. And I think this is obviously because of your sort of just your colourful way of looking at things. So like, for example, Banksy, when you did the, yeah. um, the Dismal, Dismal World, that's yeah. it, Dismal Land. Yeah. Yeah, Wonder Crap, someone called it the other day. I, was talking about <laughs> the Dismal, yeah, I thought that would be a great name for it as well. <laughs> yeah. Dismal Land. Um, What's it like when you've got gigs like that, where you've got stuff like that too? That's quite specific. And, and did you get to meet the great man himself? Um, or or yeah. woman? We uh, don't know. <laughs> man, I think, I think everyone yeah, knows that. Yeah. Um, he wasn't, I didn't see him that night, actually. But I DJed for him before. I DJed for him since before he blew up. Like, Oh, really? Yeah, mate? yeah. I, did, I remember doing one of his first London shows, like ever. Right. Uh, and DJing at that. So there was, there was some relationship there, which is why I ended up playing at Disneyland. Cool. Um yeah, these kind of collaborative things, like that's what keeps me going, man. Like that's that's what's interesting to me. It's like tailoring what I do to work with what other people do that might be seemingly nothing to do with it. Um, so some of the most interesting stuff I've done, I, I collaborated with this percussionist called Dame Evelyn Glennie, um, who's does kind of like I don't even know how you describe it, like abstract modern classical percussion 
I've collaborated with orchestras, beatboxers. I just try and find stuff that's like, okay, well, that would be interesting. Let's try and make that work. Mm. Um, because that's, yeah, that's, the, the, that's just what interests me, man. Like, I, I think as a DJ and as a solo DJ, so much of what you do is alone that it's just great to connect with people and people doing such different stuff as well. Um, and that's, yeah, those, those, are, those are the parts of my job that most appeal to me. How did you end up working with an orchestra and how did you make that happen? Because I saw, I saw the clips of it from Roundhouse. Yeah. It's amazing. <clears throat> um, I actually got approached. There was a guy called Gabriel Prokofiev. He's actually the grandson of Prokofiev, who was a great com- Russian composer. And he's a composer now. And he wanted to write a concerto for turntables. So normally you write a concerto. A concerto is like where one instrument gets to show off. So a concerto for flute, and then they do the most flashy stuff you can do with a flute. Um, and he wants to do that for turntables. So we, he approached me like, because I guess I just, once you get the reputation of like, hey, he's like a hip hop DJ, but he's open to other stuff. Then that stuff starts to kind of come to me. People are like, oh, he'll, he'll be interested. <laughs> he'll do it. Yeah, he'll <laughs> yeah. do it. He'll do it, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how that came out. And then I helped him write it by kind of like explaining to him how you notate scratching and what kind of different scratches there are and what you can do with a turntable. And then he came up with this piece and then we rehearsed with the orchestra and, and threw it out there. Yeah. And how would you describe a DJ concerto? <laughs> it's not my kind of music. The, the end result, the album's out there. Like it's on Spotify. You can, yeah. you can listen to it. Um, and it's, it's quite a difficult listen. It's very, it, it's abstract, you know, it's, it's like modern classical music yeah. and it's, um, some of it's kind of quite, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like jagged or like kind of disconcerting in a way. Um, it's a place for that kind of music, man. It's not yeah. what I would sit down and relax to personally, but it's interesting to make something that doesn't sound like anything else out there. Yeah. It's about pushing boundaries. I suppose yeah. like not everything you do you can say oh you know yeah i definitely i'll rock out to that yeah. drive in you know all i the just time, love yeah. that all this stuff exists yeah like, like, i love that, that that you can like think of anything you can think of there's probably an album of that i think that's the most interesting thing about researching you is is that there is this spectrum like you just honestly don't know what to expect when you're about <laughs> to press play like the the latest the latest mixtape um i wasn't sure what i was gonna get you know i was like it's just gonna be Hip hoppy. Is this about hip- the um, lunch break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is going to be hip hoppy? Is it going to be solely? Is it? I know there's going to be a lunch theme in. I know. You, I'm like. I know he's got, he's got the word lunch in it. I'm going to hear the word lunch a few times. <laughs> Maybe I should eat before listening to this. Yeah, and I didn't, which I regretted. But um, you don't know what to expect. So yeah, lunch break. So for example, like yeah, that one was like actually turned out to be quite a lot of kind of funk, yeah, and jazz breaks kind of thing. Mm. Um. Yeah, I find it easier to like um, focus mixes around a theme because it just, because of the fact that I'm interested in so many different things, if I didn't have that to focus me, I'd be like, well, where do you begin? Like, there's so much good stuff in the world. Like, what would I play? Yeah, no, <laughs> so, no I agree. I agree. So I agree. something's got to kind of like bring it all together. So lunch. Yeah, because <laughs> lunch put it all together. So with Yoda, should, just in case you don't know, food is a reoccurring thing <laughs> in his life and also in his music. I think yeah. in Cut and Paste, there's even like a curry recipe. Yeah. Well, there's like a bulky recipe in it or there's yeah. a chef talking about curry. So food does come up a lot, but lunch breaks, there's a lot of food in there, bro. Yeah, man. A long, it's a, a lunch-themed mix. What can I say? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. I don't know. We all have lunch. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a bit where he breaks the rules a bit. It's a bit breakfasty, but because the clip's hilarious as well, I think it's... Toast. A little piece of toast. Because there's so much to choose from. There's brown bread, white bread, all sorts of wholemeal bread. It comes in friendly packages. Oh, the toast song. Oh, that's a sick song, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's Paul Young. It's Paul yeah. Young before he like became like an 80s pop star. He had a band. Yeah. Late seventies, they did a song all about toast, and he's literally just like toast. Yeah, it's just the toast song, man. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. You need a song about toast. <laughs> yeah, not not lunchy really, but you know what? Such a good song. I mean, I you can I have toast for lunch. There. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then there's obviously like the radio DJ inside of things as well, like Dr. Dre asked to be his first guest mix on Beats One. <laughs> it's crazy. So man. You, you're making mixtapes about toast, you know, or you're making. <laughs> yeah. And then Dre's like, "Yo, like, why do you think he picked you first to do that?" I don't know, man. Like they, they, the, I think the idea for the um, Dr. Dre show on Apple Music is they want to have like an uh, international DJ mm. every week do a guest thing. So I guess they probably looked to the UK first and started looking into like who does interesting mixes. Yeah. In the UK. And what did you bring to the table when when international um, DJ Yoda stepped there? <laughs> I did like a kind of um, classic hip hop kind of a mix, um, but tried to keep it really not obvious because there's so many things like that. I was like, this is like Dr. Dre on Apple Music. This is a big deal. <laughs> this is not the time for my toast song. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't lead with the toast? <laughs> I didn't lead with the toast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to be like, okay, so here's like, big important hip-hop to me mm. but maybe mixed in a way that you might not have heard it before so i did a really like mini mix style like very very fast mixes like sometimes like eight bars of one song eight bars of the next song all mixes so yeah. acapellas of one instrumentals of the other classic hip-hop style uh, i'm really like one of the things i was thinking about was dr dre before even nwa days he made mixtapes they were really inspiring to me he used to like they he used to sell them at the Compton swap meet swap meets the audio swap meets swap meet yeah. yeah um and there were four track mixes so it's really similar to my cut and paste mixes the the way that they're put together layers layers of you might have like three four different songs happening at the same time at that point he was playing electro very old school hip-hop he was an inspiring mixtape dj to me and i know that like if he listened to that mix that i sent he will recognize technical things that are going on that are like the way that he started mm. stuff that was going on almost 30 years ago yeah. so that was the thinking behind that yeah. wicked wicked yeah. you do a lot of technical stuff do you ever do like you do audio visual stuff you know you can smash up a, a, a nice mi- a mixtape a radio mix is there anything that you've ever done that's really technical and sick and cool but you're like no one fucking knows <laughs> all the time man <laughs> all the time that happens a lot like sometimes there are I put too much thought into stuff especially with the AV show like there are video mixes that I do there's one in particular that I've, I think there's online somewhere because I'm ta- I break it down in some YouTube video um, but there's like this video mix where there's basically four different things happening at once for a reason to yeah. do with the way the video has been mixing the audio has been mixing two things on each side and people just don't clock that people are just like dancing they don't care they're having a drink like they're not concentrating on that stuff and i'm aware of that but for me i'm like you don't realize there's stuff happening (laughs) there's clever stuff happening but you know that's cool because like i think those especially with these audio visual shows they're designed so that if you want to concentrate on it there's a lot 
happening to take in and think about and appreciate and if you don't want to concentrate on it and not even look at the screen you can just dance yeah how hard it like that's the thing like you it's it's one thing thinking about music to make people dance but then to make sure that the visuals are on point as well and not just boring spiraling stuff there are actual things going on that's quite a lot to get your head around it is man but it's like i say i, I enjoy that challenge i like to work when i'm djing I, yeah. I like to really have a lot to think about and keep me engaged mm. um and what i learned with these with these video shows is that it's people can't multitask people can't dance and watch a screen it doesn't happen people either watch or they dance so it's got to work for both those sets of people mm. so the the sets are designed so that like i say you can ignore the screen you can just have a party and just dance and it doesn't matter that there's a screen happening but it's also designed so that i've done some shows in cinemas where people sit down and watch it eat popcorn <laughs> and just <laughs> sit and watch the, the 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 video show and it works on that level too so it like striking that balance has been one of the hardest things about um putting those shows together but that's what i'm starting to understand now and get my head around and make it work wicked yeah and well, it's looking great already man so um this is going to be on the internet for a very long time <laughs> so if people want to find out where you're gigging what's the best way of doing this my website djyoda.co.uk great website as well very fun i think you should put that those those faqs up about yourself the rest yeah. of them are oh, they're hilarious bro they're hilarious <laughs> we need more stuff like that but right music we've spoken about that yeah we could speak about that for all, all day yeah I've, I've always got stuff to say about yeah. music yeah um but another one of your great loves yoda you're big into food man yeah man i just you know food and music are the big motivators in life i don't think it's just me nah, uh, i'm with you bro there are other things that people love but come on like if you had to get rid of those two things, life wouldn't be very good, man. They're, these are important things. Imagine driving a really long drive. Like my granddad lives in Cornwall. Imagine going there, but not being able to stop off for food or have any or music playing. Or listen to music on the way. Oh! Crazy, man. That would just be hell. Actual, actual <laughs> stress. Actual yeah, stress. No, I do. I, I think a lot, I just enjoy food, man. Like, you know, I think a lot about food and I love cooking and... I think about what am I having for dinner tonight a lot. What are you having for dinner tonight? I'm thinking about it right now. Um, Let's think this through. You might be able to inspire me. Right I'm now. thinking about going out for dinner tonight. It's, it, uh, we're looking at restaurants right. rather than uh, right. <laughs> rather than home cooking. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, don't know, man. Could be could be looking at Japanese tonight. Japanese. Yeah. We can't rule. We can't rule that out. Cool. Why? Why Japanese specifically? Just in the mood for that. Yeah. Is there anything Japanese? Love that you sushi. Like? I was having the conversation the other day with a mate. Like top three food cuisines yeah of the Ooh. world oh this is interesting this, this is one, argument isn't it, man? yeah go on where okay. did you settle well what we kind of worked out was anyone who's not going italian for number one is just i can't have a conversation with you <laughs> if you're not if you're not going italian then like i don't know i don't know where you're coming from but i we can't relate so we all can't right, talk right. so pretty much italian number one okay a lot of people me included go japanese for number two yeah i just think Japanese really know what they're doing when it comes to food. Because there's there's Chinese and Japanese. Very different. Please explain that difference for people who are just like, hmm, ease at the end. Let's just be slightly no, borderline racist no. and call it all the same yeah, food. Very, very different, man. Like, I've toured in China. I've eaten a lot of Chinese food. 
what's that for? I've never been to China. What's that? What's the real Chinese food like versus the real Japanese? In food? my experience, it's not too different from what you get in a Chinese takeaway. Oh, that's disappointing. That's that like I'm you, upset you with would it, yeah. think like oh, you go to China, it's not the real yeah. Chinese food. Yeah. Actually, it pretty much is. You're okay. getting your like sweet and sour chicken. You're you know, mm. it's I don't love yeah. Chinese food to be honest with you, man. It's it, yeah. it they this congee that that they have for breakfast, which is nah. pretty rank, man. What's congee? It's like kind of savory porridge. It's not good. It's not good. Skip that. Chinese, you can get stuff like um, cat, dog, and snake soup. That's a real thing. Cat, dog, snake soup. Yeah. That's a real thing. The, the like old saying is that Chinese will eat anything with its back turned to the sun. In China? Yeah. They'll say that? Yeah wow yeah so that is everything there's a lot of animals out there that you are not going to find other countries eating that they eat in china wow yeah i thought that was just like silly talk no in my experience no yeah okay yeah that's so pretty crazy not to say that there's not good chinese food there is there's different regions of chinese food Mm. um i think i can't remember now there's one that there's with a lot of chili they go heavy on the chili and that's pretty good yeah um, and there is wicked Chinese food. I love mm. the food in Hong Kong. Hong Kong okay. is wicked food. Um, Just the cat dog snake soup. The cat dog snake soup, man. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, when I've been in China, uh, in, especially in places where there's not so many kind of like English language stuff, you have to just point at a menu randomly and just see what comes out, hope for the best. Animal, vegetable, mineral, who knows? And it arrives and sometimes you like, I've eaten stuff and be like, I finished it. I still don't know what it is that I would just ate. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't narrow it down. So that's was it. Not a, a good was thing. it a soup? <laughs> Did you have the soup? <laughs> it wasn't actually. I, it, it felt like it was something from the sea. That's the best that I could uh, okay. say. Anyway, so, so Japanese number two. So Japanese very different. Yeah, much sure. a very precise, clean way of cooking. Lots of fish. Lots of rice. Mm-hmm. Um. I love Japanese food, man. Mm. In fact, you were actually looking at sushi donuts with me before we pressed record. That's when you arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I go Italian, Japanese, and then number three is the controversial one. Like thinking about it, I think I could safely say in 2016 British. I don't think that's something that I could have said 15 years ago, but now I think it is. What? Because we do so much over here. Like what? Well, you have to kind of strip that away. You have to forget about the fact that we. Do, you can get good Italian, you can yeah. get good Japanese food in the UK. But if you strip all that away and think about, well, what's British food? The, the reason this conversation started was we were saying, what would your like death row last meal be? And thinking about it, the main course of my last meal, I probably have to go roast, Sunday roast dinner, Yorkshire pudding, roast beef, potatoes, veg. The way that you get that in Britain, they don't do that anywhere else in the world. And yeah, if you get a good quality one of those, mm. that's that hits the spot like nothing mm. else, man. What's the deal breaker on a on a on a roast though? Like West, because for some people it's the potatoes. You've some got people to get Yorkshire like pudding. not shy on the Yorkshire pudding. Yorkshire pudding's got. Do you like the big ass ones? Big ass ones. There's ones that where you, when the plate comes into the room, everyone yeah, goes, like, "What's he having?" Yeah, you're exactly. like, "That's me. That's yeah. the one, man. That's oh. the one. Good gravy, okay. good quality veg. That's a good." Yeah, man, I go British, yeah. but I, I was tempted to go like um, Turkish or Lebanese for number three. Because if you get really wicked kebabs, like mm. good healthy kebabs, like I love all that, man. Turkish bread. Yeah. All oh, the bread with the little dips. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah. A mess. Yeah. Sorry if, you, if you're hungry right now. Yeah, sorry, man. You, like, you'll be talk about yeah. food and music, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Like, fresh hummus. You've actually even done an experiment with music and food as well, right? Yeah. And this was a legit... I thought this was another funny video that you put together. This was a legit thing you did, Working right? with neuroscientists. Please, elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to look into, like, um, what the brain does when it's tasting food and listening to music and the connections between those two things. Yeah. So he wanted to do this like scientist that I was working with wanted to do an experiment of like, so what I did was I set up turntables in a kitchen yeah. with a chef cooking. Right. He was like, okay, so now we're going to cook Jamaican food. You play Jamaican music whilst we smelling the Jamaican food cooking and eating it. So I did a set of all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I cooked it and ate it. And we were measuring brain responses whilst that was happening. Right. We did the same thing for two other cuisines. I think we did um, American South. Hey. So I was playing all like kind of trappish hip hop <laughs> stuff and then cooking barbecue food. Um, and then we did like an Indian one where I was playing like Bollywood themes and cooking up curry. Mm. Then we compared that with me playing music that was non-area specific and cooking food that was non-area specific. Uh, and then the, measured the brainwave differences between those various things happening mm. um, and looking at the connections between it. Like, that that's what was going on. And was there a correlation? Yeah, in of it? course, man. It's it, its all to do with um, sensory inputs, the stuff that go into, the stuff that comes into your brain and how you connect it all and emotional responses to that, nostalgic responses to that, what it means. And when it all fits together, it just, you know, like that's i don't know the words for it because i'm not a scientist but it, you know yeah good good <laughs> thumbs up <laughs> so so listening to, listening to to reggae music while you're eating jamaican food it works or, it, it just it works. does work or like, yeah. i would love listening to some dirty south while i'm eating some proper slow roast yeah food. i'll, I'll be on fine. that you know i yeah. think that'll be a good vibe these, these things it's like the same kind of thing to me is going to the like area of france where they make champagne and drinking champagne there yeah or going to where they grow mangoes and eating mangoes there yeah. it's a very different thing to like them being picked there shipped in plastic across the seas mm. waiting five days buy it in your supermarket take it home eat your mango at home it's a very different experience you're definitely onto something yeah, there definitely like, in fact all of these bougie japanese restaurants i'm going to call you out that play house music yeah i think you should experiment yeah with you know playing some japanese play music traditional japanese music yeah man, sometimes the better. house music and i'm not, I'm not i love house i'm on disney house sometimes i'm just like i don't see blank. the connection it's i don't blank. see the connection yeah that, to hear music like that in a restaurant you know I, I i i've owned a restaurant and designed the music for it and there was no blank music the music should be evocative like the food mm. it, Music and food should take you somewhere. They like, yeah. And that's why I don't like house music because it takes me nowhere. It just makes me think of nothing. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's me. Yeah. Like, I'm sure other people feel differently, and that's fine. That's what music's yeah. about, isn't it? It's an yeah. ob objective thing. Oh wow, yeah. wow. So, um, do you want to talk? Can we talk about Austin's or do you want to talk? Yeah, about I that? mean, we're at a funny stage with it at the moment because we've gone mobile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the restaurant itself is closed. Yeah, just closed. Uh, really, unfortunately. Um, but we've got all the equipment and we did an event um, in Hackney uh, a couple of weekends ago where yeah. we brought it all there. 
so we're taking it to festivals we're doing it as an on the road thing wicked so yeah. so what is austin's now let's explain what austin's austin's smokehouse smokehouse yeah right? smoke smoking meats man smoking meats, pork ribs smoking meats and, bl- and blazing beats something i don't know like why I'd, I'd say something like that something I, like that i don't know why i lent into that <laughs> instantly regretted saying that so yeah sorry yeah food wise yeah, yeah just authentic american low slow barbecue like good yeah. stuff man yeah yeah very heavy on the meat oh yes yeah this is not healthy healthy meal but every now and then it's the spot <sighs> listen i went in there and i ordered i ordered big and i wasn't didn't regret it mate didn't, yeah man did not Great regret food. it at all was it uh, it was you had the uh deep fried pickles yeah like i like to pick stuff off the menu that i like but also stuff that's like wow never like heard of it before. The, um pickled watermelon oh that was yeah, yeah that as well yeah we bacon yeah and i was like that when you hear that yeah it sounds fucked up same way <laughs> peanut butter and jam might say must seem messed yeah. up the first time you but hear that you put works. those together yeah yeah, that shit works. So yeah, yeah man. man. Um, Good food. Are you looking to take that on the road with you when you're doing gigs and stuff as yeah, well? Man, I, that? The, the first event that I did um, that I was just talking about um, in Hackney, I called it Cookout and Throwdown because it's like both things, like the food and the music side. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I'm going to like roll out now as like uh, as an event that I bring out there where I'm curating the music, the DJs, the live bands, and then also the food, whether it's like a pop-up thing or whoever, whichever chef that I'm bringing in to provide the Sick. food. So this is like a way for me to combine these two loves that I'm talking about. Yeah, and it, 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 well, you've done a scientific experiment. There's science to back this up. You listen to the right music when you're eating the right food. Exactly, people will enjoy it more. Yeah, so and the science backs it up. Sounds like it's going to work. <laughs> our, our scientific working workings out of yes, it works. But um, we've also got a brother podcast called How to Kill an Hour. Um, in a podcast, we like to talk about different ways we kill time. We go out and try stuff. They people send us. A manner of things recently has been crazy what we've been sent um but we always are looking for new ways to to kill some time so the best way to do that is to ask other people so how do you like to kill time if you get downtime or or when you're doing other bits and bobs i'm a i'm like a media addict i've got a real problem with it like i couldn't go without when i say media i'm talking about music and video like i couldn't go without that you took that away from me i don't think i could exist yeah day i don't know what i'd do so if i I have a lot of downtime because i'm traveling with gigs you know um i'll be on a plane for who knows how long i'll be on a train the motorway suddenly i've got like three hours (laughs) i always just turn to like albums and movies man tv shows like it's uh, it's not a very original answer but like you look at the apps on my phone and it's all you know netflix bbc iplayer like these are the podcasts podcasts too man like so the, yeah that's how i can hour it's kind hey. of a bit meta and self yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah self-referential in this format but like that, that's what i do like even I the get, word meta has become podcasty you know <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry yeah yeah podcasting has become meta yeah, because there's yeah. a lot of podcasters interviewing podcasters yeah that i'm not so sure about i'm not sure that i think that's the thing that needs to stop actually like um like you interview me for my podcast i'll interview you on my it's like okay we're all being a bit backslappy here and like yeah you know, how about breaking out of that and interviewing people who are nothing to do with podcasts yeah uh, that, that's my thinking i hear what you're saying i think that's why it's interesting to sorts of people that I've, I've not had open dialogue with before and in, in this in an environment which is just chill like whether it's over our, our studio or office space whether it's in your place it's just nice to to have a conversation with somebody and hear fresh 
conversation because I feel like we can never have this again. Yeah. We can have a conversation, yeah. but it'll be part two. Like, oh, remember last time yeah, and exactly. you said this about, yeah. you know, it's oh, really, I've had sushi donuts. That's now. like an amazing thing. You're like, it, I envy that about what you're doing is to be able to sit down with someone completely new and get to know them for an hour. That's an amazing thing to get to do. Like, even before podcasts, who could do that? <laughs> exactly. Hi, Mr. Stranger. Like, exactly. Come and talk to me for an hour. That doesn't, exactly. that doesn't happen very much. Exactly. Like, you might meet someone in some environment out there but people don't have an hour to like break down their thoughts about everything exactly like, so it's that's yeah that you, uh, you should feel blessed with that yeah. one. Oh yes yeah, it's, it's great man and you know like working for a big network they're never going to sign off stuff like this because yeah who knows where the conversation is going to go i know man like, i got yeah. nothing that i'm plugging i'm not here to yeah. be like hey buy my album like, yeah. it's just to me it's interesting to like to talk about stuff in depth like this you don't get that very much Mm. in this world of like very fast-paced media yeah it's, in, it's interesting that like in a world where there's so much demand for short clips like youtube vine yeah well look at twitter like, like yeah twitter like, i love twitter i'm addicted to twitter but it needs to be balanced out with this kind of thing yeah for me yeah like fine like ingest your media in like one sentences mm. as long as you are also getting like a full-on hour and a half of someone like really yeah. talking about everything that they think as well definitely I think that's a good balance that's wicked, man. Do you know what we didn't talk about? DJ Hero. Yeah. That was, must have been an interesting experience for yeah, you. Yeah, man. That was an interesting project. Like, trying to create a computer game about DJing and, like, what it meant. And um, I really, like, spoke to them from the start about ideas that I had and how to incorporate that and um, try to do something really different from my level on the game. Because yeah. this is, like, a DJ Yoda level that you can play. Um, and I used um, Little Richard. Uh, tutti Fruity which is like not not a typical kind of a DJ track but I wanted to show people like you can DJ with anything yeah like any song like I remember this one quote that Cuba said where he's like throw any record at me and I will make it work yeah somehow it can be like a opera record a McDonald's record I don't care like just I'll find a way to make it work and I found that really inspiring yeah what's it what's it like watching other DJs scratch as well like cuba and other people like that how's that how do you see it ask any dj who scratches how it feels to watch cuba and they'll tell you the same thing it's depressing (laughs) it's just it makes me feel sad i feel sad to watch dj cuba scratch why because i think why am i bothering (laughs) why are we all here (laughs) bothering to even attempt to get anywhere near the level that this guy has reached it's insane there's not many fields in the world where there's one person that's so clearly light years ahead of everyone else. Scratch Honest, DJ honest, is one of them. Honestly, he... he might, I don't know whether it's apparent to a, like a layman or not, but to someone that understands scratching, you watch Cuba scratch, even when he's just pissing around and you're like, within about 10 seconds, you're like, oh, what? What happened there? I don't... I'm, I'm never going to know. Wow. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, you know... Is there a lot of camaraderie with other DJs? Yeah, is, is, I think is the, one of the things it... that's like helped him get to that mm. point is that once you reach a point like that, anytime anyone comes out with like a new scratch or a new idea, the first person they want to show is Cuba because ah, they're yeah. like, yeah, look, I, 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 I figured out this new thing. And in the, all, all the meantime, he's like sucking all that in, like taking it <laughs> in. Like, I, le- I just learned the new thing from this guy. I just learned the new thing from that guy. And yeah. it just keeps him that, that level ahead. 
He's the he's the neo. He's the neo. Then he's just suck it, suck it in information. <laughs> exactly, download it to me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, he's on, he's on some next level with it, but it's it's incredible, okay. incredible to watch if you're if you understand anything about scratching, even if you don't, just on a musical level, what he's doing with scratching is just so different to your average DJ. It's mm. it's jazz, you know. He's like he really just he's feeling it, and he's like expressing it as an energy, as hippie as that sounds in a way that you're even like someone like Jazzy Jeff doesn't do. Jazzy Jeff is ridiculously funky, ridiculously tight. He's musical. But what Hubert's doing is spiritual, for lack of a better word. Wow. Wow. There you go. Boom. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, One more thing before we get out of here. Should have done this at the start. Let's talk ourselves through the room that we're sitting in. This um, very organized. It's it's the man cave. Looking man cave. Very, I must say, the organization in here is on point which i should have realized you were disorganized when you were talking about serato and i should have made a correlation between yeah well what i wanted to have with my studio is a way that i can easily use any media that i I come across so Mm -hmm. i've got dvds here i've got all my old tape cassettes yep obviously tons of vinyl all the digital stuff vhs's it's all there and it's all set up so that I can just record, yeah. mix, whatever I need to sample or use. Definitely. I'm sitting next to um, a nice Iowa video player here. Yeah, man. And it's you've got too the tape many of those stack around. as well with a tape in it. Yeah. Can I, I still it? listen to tapes, man. Like it's just, it's, that's like the, what's in there? It says December, December 95. December 95. There you go, man. There you go. 21 years old. Don't know what, yeah. <laughs> tapes. No mini disc. Is there mini disc yeah, in mini it? Is there mini disc, man? Yeah, mini disc over there. Oh, is like, it? Oh, I've missed it. Oh, there it is. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Stacked up on top of the dats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The dats as well. Yeah. And you've got your vinyl very. The vinyl's all in alphabetical in, order. In a, yeah. Alphabetical within genre. So the stuff you're pointing at now is all the hip hop. So that's hi- oh, hip hop. Yeah. So you, what you can see, you see the letters there, like okay. T H I J. That's all the hip hop. But then down there is funk. That's uh, kind of beats and kind of trip hop stuff okay yeah it's all it's all categorized to be honest with you though it's like i said i'm actually like i'm trying to get red i'm trying to shed really yeah i think there is maybe a third of what you can see is the stuff i actually want to own there's a lot of stuff here that i just don't need what would you what would be the last thing you get rid of then these records that i keep out by the turntables they're the ones that are like my wow yeah, they're just, I mean, what you can see there is uh, actually not that DJ Hero one because that's just something that I bought last week. But um, well, I thought that might have, that might hold a special place yeah, to you because of DJ Hero. a little bit, but Big the, Daddy the two next to it are my favourite album, my favourite single, and they're both signed. So uh, I wouldn't want to get rid of those two in a hurry. Please, please describe them. Uh, please. The album is Big Daddy Kane, yeah. It's a Big Daddy Thing mm-hmm. um, from 1989. And that is just such a... That is just an official hip hop. That's just front cover in it. The, yeah, just the look of it. To me, that like it's kind of a nostalgia thing. That's yeah. just like when I was just like properly got into hip hop mm. that moment. Um, and the single is "Souls of Mischief" ninety three to infinity. Um, obviously from ninety three. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just that's just like a magical record. I think it always has been for me. Wicked. And how much time do you spend in it? Mm, most days yeah it kind of depends what's happening man like i'm kind of traveling a lot of the time Mm. and sometimes i'm touring and i'm away for great big chunks of time um 
I try and take a day off a week so that I'm not just, you know, my head isn't just there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most days I'm in here making mixes, making music, working on stuff. Just keeping it chill. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely space, man. Well, yeah, thanks for giving me your time. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to catch up with you sometime in the future, man, when some more time has passed. Yeah, stuff man. has gone on. Stuff has happened. Yeah, a few more mixtapes, probably themed around food. And we can discuss food then as well. That's probably going to happen. Yeah. 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 I'm going to finish this by counteracting, though, your uh, your Sunday roast, saying there's only one British thing that can beat that, and that's got to be the fry up. For me. The fry up. The fry up. Yeah, man, that's up there. I make a, I make a big thing of finding the hottest fry up in my area. Yeah. Because I don't, sometimes it doesn't stay that, it doesn't stay that hot for a while. Like, yeah. So there's always a joint in my area that we go to. Yeah. Where like, all my mates go there and we enjoy it. And then as soon as it drops off a shape, the sausages change you or move on. the eggs aren't quite right. A You're bit like watery. The fry up nomads. Yeah, that's what we are. That's what we do. That's, <laughs> that's my knowledge base. Yeah, that's where I've got the black belt in fry ups. Yeah, man. But, um, and now, thank you very much, bro. Appreciate my it. Pleasure, man. Cheers. Thank you. So that was the cereal munching cut and paste legend that is DJ Yoda. This show was produced and hosted by myself, Marcus Bronzy. Thank you to the co-producers, Billy Wright, Shane Powell, David Shawcross. Special thanks to Milo Fisher, Wide Awake, a.k.a. CJ Beats and Jordan Crisp for the intro and outro music. You can also listen to Marcus Meets via iTunes, podcasts for Apple devices or Acast, which works with every single phone out there that is smart. If you are unsure what will work with your device, then head to marcusbronzy.com slash meets to listen any way you desire. We would love your feedback in the form of a rating or review, and you can do that by going to marcusbronzy.com slash review. And if you really love us, you can become a patron of the show. You get access to bonus content, early episodes, exclusive merchandise, have input on future guests and questions that they get asked. You can donate as little as or as much as you want say the cost of a cup of coffee by going to marcusbronzy.com slash coffee that's marcusbronzy.com slash coffee thank you for listening head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.